Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today on the Powercast to have a very close friend, occasional training partner and mentor, Mr. Mark Coles on the podcast. So, pleasure to have you on, sir. Charlie, thank you very much. Um, it's not obviously under a barbell today. We're uh, opposites on a computer screen, but it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure's all mine. So I've been working a long, long time to get you on here. So um, anyone who doesn't know anything about you, Mark, uh, what is it you currently do? Where are you from? Where are you based? Because you've got a very interesting background in terms of what you do. Well, uh, I'll try and tie it up. I've been in the fitness industry 17 years. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I was still full-time online coach, uh, personal trainer. Uh, I've got a gym in Nottingham with an incredible team, um, personal training gym predominantly with a membership base as well, a private gym, um, which we also call a center of excellence for personal training. We have trainers from all over the country coming to learn our methodologies. Um, and over the last five, six years, M10 and what we do um, has developed an education program where we teach our methods and systems to personal trainers all over the country. Um, I mentor trainers all over the world and I kind of pull back from actual personal training on the gym floor to move into the world of business development and education for personal trainers. So I now teach personal trainers how to build a business and a brand. Um, and I mentor trainers all over the world. You and I work together. Uh, I've got everything from trainers just starting out to trainers that are, you know, doing incredibly well, entrepreneurially, um, great programs, helping a lot of people just like you, right the way through to online courses and, and uh, helping personal trainers really by giving back because at the beginning of my career, I didn't have what we now have access to now, which is the ability to reach and help people with what we do. So I've kind of gone, you know, say all the way through my career, you know, I've, I've trained general population, physiques, I've been, I bodybuild, I still bodybuild, I don't compete anymore. Um, so it's been a lengthy, lengthy career. Um, only feel like I'm getting started. I'm sure you'll feel the same. Um, but I adore what I do and I adore helping personal trainers. And I also love to see the work that my team do at M10 that carries on the very reason why I started the gym, which was to help change lives. Um, and we, you know, we have seven guys at the gym, we had an incredible team and everything's kind of grown. It's scaled over the years and we can get into various bits of it as we go through. I'm sure there's coaches and trainers and other business, um, people on the podcast and we'll, we'll, we'll knuckle into some of it as we go through. 100%. Uh, just to reiterate what you're saying, I think in terms of like the education you provide for the M10 facility and what you do is like phenomenal. Because I remember when I initially qualified as a PT in 2008, whenever it was about 10 years ago, I remember coming out of my piss poor PT qualification, which taught me very little. You're then into the bright wide world with very little support or education or anywhere really to turn to from there. So I think mm. what you offer now is a phenomenal like progression step for anyone coming into the industry or anyone who's already advanced in the industry. Like I've already been on some of your seminars and taken away a huge amount of value from it. And it's a great way to really progress your career physically in terms of learning about your own training and then also that you can pass on to other clients. Thank you, Charlie. And I will, I will add on that point. Essentially what I do now 
and with the support of my team around me, and it will continue to grow. And it's helping fitness professionals navigate through their career. You know, there's not one bit that we stick at. You know, there's the business side, but there's also personal development aspects. There's also the coaching, working with general population clients, helping people do body transformations. Because you and I both know that the personal training journey, the fitness industry journey is one that is challenges in many different ways to grow a fitness business. You need to grow your mind. You need to grow. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later on your body, but also you need to learn and develop business. And I think a lot of people expect the personal training qualification to teach this straight off the bat, but no other industry, when you first get qualified, teaches you everything. Part of life is about learning everything. And I think people are very quick to call, the, call out the fitness industry in the early days of what you learn in your courses. But at the same time, look at any other education. You know, lawyers, they don't come out knowing how to solve every case. It's experience. And I think my job really, having been in the industry 17 years, is to try and bring some of the reality back. Um, and calm down some of the overwhelm that seems to be existing in the world uh, of, of fitness at the moment. Um, and uh, that's really what our education tries to do. Out of curiosity, you find a lot of that overwhelm is perhaps because of some of the hype on social media now that everyone's exposed to? I completely agree. Um, I, I think that um, and social media is amazing. You know, um, you're helping Charlie transform so many bodies every single month. And it's, a, it's what people want. Um, you've got an incredible team. It's, a lot of people, however, are seeing the growth that everyone's making, the revenue that people are making, the lives that people are living, and they're watching it every single day. I remember seeing a quote recently that was like, it's your, it's your fault when you're overwhelmed because you're deliberately choosing to consume it. And it's an interesting point that, but you can choose to avoid stuff and be smart with what you consume, or you can allow it to overwhelm you. You see, back in the day when I was early doors of personal training, unless I drove somewhere or got on a plane, I wasn't really subjected to anything beyond articles on websites. And if you were busy, you wouldn't really see them. But in the middle of every single session, at the end of every break, trainers are on their phones, and so many people are following incredible people but your day is fulfilled filled with incredible successes and you're seeing it all day and people are drumming at home how you can achieve this without people realizing that it's taken those people 20 years to get there and yeah. so going back to what you said there is so much overwhelm and i spend a lot of my time pulling that back helping people level with where they're at and then giving people manageable steps. You know, I only the other day, somebody said to me, I want to do this in business, that in business. And so I said, you need to go and see my guys at the gym and you need to become a better coach because that's the stage you're at right now. No, no, no. I, I need to create two or three different income streams. I said, until you're a great coach, that's not going to happen. The world of comparison syndrome. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. But uh, listen, it, it's look at other industries. You know, you see girls watching incredible celebrities doing incredible things and they want it and very quickly people want to be this and want to be that because they're seeing it. And so I think nowadays that we are um, very challenged 
every day. And I don't think that we are equipped with the personal development skills, with the speed of growth of, of social media. I follow what on Instagram, 113 people of which probably once a month, I'll just question to myself, do I need to be following that person? I'm equipped with personal development skills. I've been in the industry a long time. I've done a lot of personal growth and development myself. I know how to control my mind. There are a lot of people that aren't skilled enough in the world of mindset and personal development to not really notice what it's doing to them until it's too late, until they're fully overwhelmed, they've made some crazy decisions, and they're going after something which is probably going to take them 10 years to get to, or five years at the minimum. Um, so I do think it's a big problem. No, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. I think that's where I think some people probably need to look at maybe controlling how much they use social media, because you see so many people just there mindlessly swiping like a zombie through their feed of Instagram, for example, just looking at nothing, staring into the abyss, which is a bit of a waste of the day, to be fair. Well, I, te I teach this a lot in my, my mastermind programs and mentoring. It's like, you've got to go through your Instagram. You know, if, if anybody's listening to this episode today, I challenge you to do something. Just spend an hour and go through your Instagram and just say, is that person adding value, complementing my life, or is it complementing my mindset? If it is one or the other, not a maybe, if it's one or the other, get rid. So if it's compli complicating any way in your mind right now, you can bring that person back at any time. You can just follow them. But just clean your Instagram. Clean it and say, like, who do I need there? Who do I need? We don't need to be consuming 10,000, following 10,000 people. And then we are, are very disciplined with when we turn it on. I don't look at my social media till 8 o'clock in the morning and I wake up half 6. You know, I, I am very disciplined with going onto it. And you and I both know we have a business on social media. I go onto Instagram to run my business, not, not fry my brain. No, and there's a lot of people that need to get on it, put their content out, and then get off. And if you're consuming it, you just need to be aware and snap yourself out of it. And the, one of the quickest ways to do that is to not allow your feed to consume you by following people that are unnecessary at the moment. I don't agree. That's probably one of the best pieces of advice you're ever going to hear. For anyone who's, who uses social media, it's probably the best thing you could ever do, I think, is just be conscious of who you follow and what you listen to because that then becomes part of your, your brain and your world, as it were. Just being, just honestly, Charlie, do you know what? If you see somebody's post or, or they do a video, that, that, that one video, that one post reading it has an ability to challenge your current state of mind. Now, if, for example, you're having a great day and you see something that potentially could overwhelm you, it will derail your day. You have to keep hold of your energy. Now, I wake up in the morning before my head hits off the pillow. You know, I, I, I just talk through my, my day in myself. I have an immense gratitude, you know, beautiful wife, you know, love where we live, love what I do. And then I start that day with energy. And we should do it. We should work hard to keep hold of it. You know, personal training, training clients, working with online clients, there's a lot of people that try and zap it from us. And then we just choose to give it away when we entertain everything on social media. So it's just very important to kind of keep hold of it. Very, very important. No, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, going back to you, obviously your journey, Mark. So how did you first get started in the fitness industry and then end up in pursuing a career through, through obviously your own training and developing your own physique and then moving into fitness? Well, it's, it's interesting. You, you and I have both got... Uh, Fathers that have been in their game a while, um, longer, longer in the tooth. And uh, um, my 
My father, interestingly, I tried to go to university twice. Um, I will never say I failed at school. I just chose not to concentrate. Um, and uh, that, was, that was really highlighted to me when I read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, because I was always like, I'm thick at school. I didn't do well. And I was, she would always highlight in the book that if I had actually applied myself at school, I would have done well. So I chose not to do well at school by not studying. <laughs> Because I know that I didn't study, right? And uh, so I came out of your school and didn't do particularly well, tried to go to university, tried to get into surveying. Um, my dad's a surveyor, but he taught us to be very independent. And uh, it just didn't sit well with me after a while. I worked with, for him for four years in property management and property investment. And then I was just training in the gym. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was training in the gym. I'd always trained since 15. And I just said, like, this is where I'm happy. And my dad had always said, whatever you do, just be happy. And I suddenly realized this word passion didn't really come in until later on, but I just felt happy. And I knew that that's where I needed to be. So the fact that at university, I was training in the gym nearly every day and realizing that that was the place I've been happiest ever. I, I just knew that this had to be my career somehow. And I listened to trainers in the gym and suddenly went, is this my opportunity to stay be in the gym every day to train other people and i didn't really know what was involved did a personal training course came out of that and then when during the personal training course I was like my god they, they taught me that whatever i'm learning in training i get to teach other people it um and then because of my dad's entrepreneurial mind and his business um acumen as soon as i got into personal training i, I applied his, his kind of work ethic of course i had to learn a lot but that really was my journey into the fitness industry. Out of curiosity, did you find that maybe where you struggled with university, that maybe put a chip on your shoulders to maybe prove everyone wrong who sort of doubted you when you sort of struggled with those points, that when you went into something you're passionate about, you had a bit of a point to prove? Well, it's funny, Charlie, because I'm, I'm actually writing. Uh, I say writing with a G. <laughs> I haven't righted. Process of. <laughs> I haven't finished my book. But I'm writing a book at the moment, and uh, it's very much about you know, navigating through your journey. And I, I, I've done the, the first 10,000 words and, and a big part of it was kind of like those, those early days and, and, and really trying to think back to myself what gave me the fire to push forward. And I look back and, I, and one of the biggest things was my dad sat in his office and I don't know you've been sat in your dad's office. We have this intimidating moment where dad said to me, look, as, as children, we were very privileged. We went to private school and, um, you know, people going to private school doesn't mean you're smart. I didn't come out with very well. It just, it, I was very privileged to go there. Um, but I, I wish I'd applied myself better. But one thing that, that happened with that, it gave us great opportunities. We had great holidays. But he sat in front of me when I started a PT and he said, Mark, how are you going to have a quality of life? And dad's always a big one for quality of life. And he wanted to leave and has left already. He's still around his legacy in the property industry. Um, and I said, you're right. Like, how, how am I going to have a quality of life? I, was, I had to be snapped out of this very quickly. And that, that moment, I went, I'll prove to you I can build a business. And I won't just be a personal trainer. And at that moment in my head, I didn't say it to him, but that was my challenge. to turn training people into a career. And the thing is with a lot of fitness professionals now, they, they become a trainer 
they don't start a career, they don't start a brand, they don't start a business, they are trainers. Whereas I looked at this and had the internal dialogue was, how do you turn this into a business? How do you turn this into something that grows? And that was the question that my dad challenged me with. This is why I love working with coaches because there's a thing I describe called distance from destination. And ultimately, you and I, your dad is a great support to you and has been mentor. When they share wisdom in the early days, you and I are very, very lucky to have that. And some people through life don't have that. So they navigate their way through their life as best they can without wonderful advice that other people get. And their distance from how far they are to where they want to get to is further away. And that's why people without role models around them are better to have mentors because the mentors are the people that give them the advice that gets them that step further. And I had that mentorship from my dad at 24 when he said, don't just be a trainer, build a business. And so every day I've always thought, okay, 35 sessions, I'm charging 30 pounds an hour. I have my dad over my shoulder. What's next? And the word what's next is always, you know, it's, it can become a stress, I'm sure with you and, and anybody who's got a business listening to this episode today, if you have what's next embedded in you, you know, I've not long released a new online course for personal trainers to how to build a brand. Is that Brand Impact Mastery? Brand Impact Mastery, yeah. But as soon as I finished it, I was like, what's next? And I was like, the book. Do you and have curiosity? Do you find that I find myself personally that once I'm 80% towards achieving the goal, I've already got my, I've already got the next goal in mind of what I want to do. Yeah. And, and I think we don't, you know, we look, we look back over my career and, you know, I've, I've, I've created a lot of courses. We've got a six month mentorship and mastermind pro. There's a lot of different, um, strings to the bow essentially, uh, of the business. And it's because what's next, what's next. And we sometimes don't acknowledge the progress we're making, but a lot of people haven't had the what's next embedded in. And what's next in the early days before I added any income streams was um, what's going to be important to the growth of my business, my body. Okay, build it. Right. What's the goal? And I, this is the funny thing. Going back to 24, dad started that. Dad started that with him imprinting it in my mind. Um, and he's the guy that, I, that, you know, even, even Friday last week, Thursday last week, I go around to see him and, um, you know, this is how our conversation went. Dad, how are you? Great. Great. He goes, um, top line, bottom line, <laughs> session numbers. And, and this is before we've even got down to how his holiday was. And he wants to know, he wants to know how things are going. And I'm like, doo, 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 doo. and then he goes, great. Greece was lovely. But we have this, he likes to know what's going on. And, and I, feel, I, I turn up to his house with it in my head, ready to go. So he, that's been there, wow, 17 years. Um, but, but he's been a huge, huge, huge um, role model for me from the early days. And just to give back to people listening to this episode, you know, that's why I, I, I am so, I love mentoring because it's giving people an insight into what's to come. I'm able to, um, seeing people what they can't see themselves because I've actually educated trainers for a long time. Most people, good coaches, good coaches are able to see, like when somebody checks in with you, Charlie, you can see things that they're never, ever going to see. And that's what makes a great coach, you know. Uh, and I think in my father, my mentors, my, my 
bodybuilding prep coaches, they see things that I can't see. And I think that that's so valuable to people who are on the fence, potentially from reaching out to you guys to have go through a body transformation. You know, you do it because you know the people can see and help you achieve something you didn't think was possible. Um, and and uh, uh, very, very valuable, very valuable. No, hundred percent. Would you say your dad was probably your? It's been your biggest mentor in life, and giving you a lot of accountability along the way. Then, do you know what? Um, I've had different mentors. Um, he's always been a constant. Um, there's three things for me that make up my growth as a human being: my personal self, my personal growth and development. I've had an incredible mentor um, in my mindset. Um, a lady called Jane that helped me incredibly uncover the, the tangles and challenges of me simply Charlie wanting to explore the possibility that I could have an incredibly incredible growth mind uh, and, and a mindset that was limitless in its opportunities. So removing any self doubt. So she's been very influential there. My father, other mentors in different fields, whether it's marketing, business, whatever, but that's always the one that, that, that shouldered a lot of the questions to me. And then in the physique, so we've got kind of the professional self mindset as well. But in the physique aspect, you know, there, there are, there are four, three or four people that, you know, if you guys don't follow these people, and sadly one of them is no longer with us, but my first influential role model was Charles Poliquin. Um, Charles, when I turned up at just under 80 kilos at his first seminar, was a stacked man, relatively short man, but very powerful in his what energy. What do you weigh now out of interest, Mark, for reference? And you're about, about, Well, my heaviest is 122, but I'm about 105 now. So I'd like to say, Mark is ripped at 105 and you were 80 kilos then. So what's that, a good 25 kilos of lean tissue? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm lean now. And I love how I feel now, but back then when I was 80, just under 80 kilos, I was about 8% body fat and I thought I was in shape. There was no muscle. And I remember Charles being, Charles was a big believer in to build your business as a fitness professional, your body should be a reflection of your craft. Lead by example. Yes. And I, I very quickly realized that the people he engaged with on that day Christian Thibodeau, who we all know is an incredibly influential educator in the fitness industry and athlete. And Christian was at the front. And I don't encourage anybody to be jacked, you know. I've, you know, that, that's not what I expect from anybody. But I noticed that Charles had a lot of respect for people that trained and were in shape and actually applied themselves to the knowledge he was teaching. And so I went away and, and, and I built my body. And, and it was very important for me to get acknowledgement from Charles. I, I did crave acknowledgement from my mentors by only doing what they said. You know, one of the things with mentors is if you want your mentor to be a supporter of you or someone that they respect you, just do what they tell you to do because they've been there. And Charles was, look, add muscle, stay lean, practice what you preach and get results. And I said, well, that's good enough for me. So he was hugely influential, Charlie, hugely influential. And I went away and literally did what he said. I read every book that he said. You know, there's so many people that have a mentor that don't do what they say. You know, I read every book Charles said. I, in my room here, I, I go through many of them still. Jack Canfield was one of the first ones he taught, told us to read The Success Principles. And I read that. Um, and then through Charles, I met Milos, 
um, Milos Sarchev, you've just done his camp, right? Yeah, I did that over in Muscleworks Norkinson, and he's a, a phenomenally interesting guy, a superb trainer, and like, I love his thought process around everything, to be fair. Um, yeah. So open-minded with trying like slightly different approaches than many other people would do and going on his own anecdotal evidence of what's worked with himself and his clients rather than necessarily just what a clinical study might say, which for me I find very refreshing. Well, I think one of the most important things that we are in this industry nowadays, Charlie, is I love the science. I love science-based coaches. Um, I think it's a necessity, um, but I don't think it's the answer, only the answer. I do wish that some of the science-based coaches would combine more frequently with the people that literally live, die, and breathe under the bar because there is so much that Milos will tell you. I will tell you after training since, since I was 15, bodybuilding for you know nine or 10 years, competitively, competitively for seven, I've bodybuilded for a long time. But there is so much that you just can't explain that goes beyond the science. Um, and when those two merge together and you appreciate the science and the anecdotal stuff as well, then I think you have an amazing recipe for success. And as you said, Milos does that incredibly well. Um, you know, people that don't train hard will never, ever know how impactful that is on muscle hypertrophy. Yeah, you know, there's another top gear all the time. There is another top gear. You know, anybody that's listening to, you, to this episode, you know, who trains with you or who's considering training with you or considering joining your Shredding 8 program, whatever, there's always more in the tank. And this goes to business. You know, with training, you know, why are you slacking off? Why are you not giving it 110%? And, you know, Milos and Charles, when we, I think one of the things, Charlie, going on this point as well, a lot of trainers and, and, and your clients, people that follow you, when was the last time you traveled to train with Charlie? When was the last time you, you know, trained with a really top person? And the thing is, in the early days of my career, right, well, still till now, I will train every month or so with someone who trains hard. And one of the things on Charles's seminar, you, you couldn't get away with, with wimping out. Charles, they'd push you. And when Milos came to Sweden and took us through um, his giant sets protocols, there was no escaping. Like most trainers and people that train in the gym and personal trainers, when was the last time they actually went to a course? You know, in two weeks' time, I've got 14th, 15th of September, I think. I've got a weekend of practical coaching and training at my gym with my team. And um, that is a course where we train and you train in the environment. And trainers and generally people don't spend enough time on the gym floor being trained by people and being pushed. And that's a huge limiting factor. And with Charles and Milos, because I traveled the world and trained with these people, my appreciation for training intensity went through the roof and then through those guys and the content they shared i was introduced to ben pakolsky who in my opinion heavy execution volume combine all three together i've never seen anyone train as hard in my life never he's um the, ex the execution with the heavy, the intensity, I don't think there's anything i don't think there's anyone else who's the same in that respect you see a lot of guys who train like, with intensity and heavy but the form's all over the show, but he's meticulous just as his training and his mindset. But I see a lot of people do training intensity, right? 
and they train very heavy. They take a lot of rest, like even mid-set, like, you know, I get that, you know, if you're just trying to lift a heavy load. But you'd watch Ben lift a lot of weight, stay under control, hardly any rest. His work capacity, the point here. You know, I've actually added in a lot more cardio um, to my training because I realized that my aerobic capacity was a limiting factor within my training. And when I actually went to L.A., recently and i was doing like 20 30 minutes of cardio a day and training weights my nutrition was on point my rest and recovery was on point my uh aerobic capacity training legs and even back like like it was incredible but going back to to kind of ben like he would be able to train at that intensity keep his rest and recovery um in line with general hypertrophy, you know, 90 seconds, not four or five minutes. And he'd go again. I, I remember training with him um, close to the Arnold's and uh, was unbelievable to watch. And so <clears throat> he taught me a lot about training intensity, a lot about execution. And he also had his business alongside him. And then I also, um, a last person I, I want to give a huge credit for who prepped me as well a lot and has been a huge inspiration is Jordan. You know, there's one man that consistently trains hard, consistently follows his diet, consistently helps the industry, um, but in a relentless pursuit to build muscle. And when you train with somebody, you see how hard people train and the effort they put in. And Charlie, like looking at those four people, four of the most influential people in my career to not only teach me how to do it, but they inspire you that the fact that they do it too, you know? Leading by example again. Well, I, I, this is the thing. You know, you, as the owner of CJ Coaching, lead by example. You're in fantastic shape. You've not long done a photo shoot. You always stay in shape. Um, and you're not running an online coaching business and have a team working for you and expecting them to lead from the front. You lead from the front. And I think that in the fitness industry, anybody that eventually wants to be a physique coach, anybody that wants to build a portfolio of results if you're not leading from the front, you'll be overtaken. I truly believe that. No, 100%. You, you have to set the standard yourself. Otherwise, if, if, you, if you can't do it yourself, how can you expect others to do it? No, I, I, and I think it, in, in terms of that level of um, dedication, you, know, you and I talked off, um, offline about this, but... You, you really struggle to teach people how hard to work if you haven't been to that intensity yourself. You've been to Milos's camp. You've trained with so many different people. When you ask of someone, you are asking them to do something that you've done and 10 times more. And I think it, it, one of the reasons that we have a lot of people with low self-confidence in business, in life, as, as coaches as well, is because... You, I put a post out the other day. You struggle to teach what you've not done. And there's a lot of people trying to claim in the online marketing world, online fitness world, claim their stake when they've not yet earned the right to claim the stake, which actually dramatically lowers self-confidence. It's that fake it to make it sort of syndrome. Well, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, fake it till you make it, great content. Um, but it's clear it's not true. It's not authentic. Yeah, you know, a lot of people do it. Do fake it. Do it. Lazy answer to that. Like, just just show people your own journey. Lead by example of what you're trying to do, even if you're not 
at the elite stage yet if you try and explain what you're doing and why and how you've progressed and improved it's all relative to you as an individual it doesn't matter where you are necessarily on the ladder well you've been in the industry a long time now and you are you know a product your social media your business your knowledge your body you know how long have you been training your body since i was 15 15 years in december is 30 i'll be then yeah, uh, and, and this guy, I, I remember going to get my uh, car parking permit yesterday, actually, and I got in, the guy was intrigued about my shape, and he was like, I wish I had that. I was like, dude, this has been since 15. I'm the guy that read the bodybuilding magazines at 75, 80 kilos, going, I'm never going to look like that, and I would always think I'm gonna never, ever going to look like that. And you would have done the same, and now, you know, you are – sought after for your knowledge, your body, and you're doing photo shoots. And I featured in world leading magazines. You've been featured, you know, and it's through work, hard work. But as a result, my, my wife's, uh, my mother-in-law, should I say, said that you spend the first half of your life making a name for yourself and the second half of your life making your name work for you. That's a very good saying. I've never heard it put like that. That's very yeah. And, and she, that is of 2019, the same because it's quite funny that you and I both now our businesses are growing, but I'm determined to keep sharing my story. And I'm grateful that you've had me on the podcast because I won't let trainers look at what I, what I've achieved now. I want me to be able to tell them what they've got coming up. So be inspired about the journey, but also make sure people are doing what's relative to right now. And if you're 75 kilos, let's focus getting you to 80. You know, if, if you've not got lean, let's get you lean. We don't know what's next. We know what could come because they've seen your growth and development, your physique, Charlie. But let's keep focusing on the small little bits and keep aligned mentally with what's needed to be done. And I think that's one of the big things Charles would do. And he'd say to me, don't do this course yet. Get really good at the course you've just done. You know, don't push on and try and be a bodybuilder yet. Just, just get lean. And uh, I had a lot of people leveling me leveling me, slowing me down. And then when I was ready to step up, you step up. And um, I, I think great mentors will keep you, not hold you back, will allow you to push forward but not get overwhelmed. And that saying that, you know, you spend the first half of your life making a name for yourself, that's really what everybody should be doing right now is building a reputation, building credibility, building a portfolio of results, whatever field you're in. And that in itself will carry you forward because you're not going to lose a reputation unless you, if you keep it spot on. It's only going to get better, but you know, if you fake it, it can go tomorrow. Yeah, you'll get caught out eventually. Well, you will because if they close Instagram or Facebook, whatever, you know, you're gone. I mean, I can open my, my computer today and there's so many results in a, in, a, in, a, in a document. And if I wanted to start presenting them tomorrow, my online business would be full. Yeah, 100%. No doubt about that, to be fair. And to back that up, Marcus, I'd say you're probably the best trainer I've ever trained within the gym in terms of actually like manipulating people in certain positions. I think, like for me personally, it's why I buy into you so much is that your actual knowledge in the gym and the way you lead, for example, training people and also like maintaining and improving your own physique because it's your passion is why I personally buy into you so much. I think so many other people within the fitness industry look up to you in that respect as well because it's a great thing to see. So I don't think... 
necessarily a lot of people necessarily do that. Uh, don't really lead by example, like living the passion of what they do. They just do it more as a business for work, if that makes sense. Thank you. You, you know, I, I will say one thing on this point, um, if I may, and that's very kind of you to say those kind words, but I'm one of the things that anyone in life should take away from this is be aware and be interested in what you're doing. When I'm training somebody, when I'm in the gym myself, if I'm training you, I'm always looking for ways to make the exercise better, increase the training intensity, not overwhelm the person, but make progress. And I've always been fascinated by what's going on and why somebody can't do something. And I remember back in the early days of coaching, it was Someone always said to me when I first started LA Fitness Personal Training, they were like, at all times, you should be a value to your clients. So I was like, okay, well, why can't they do a split squat? Why can't they feel it in their lower lap? Why can't? And so I would always go in search for why or the questions. And then there was always, I need to answer the question my clients got. And then you go away and you do your research. And it comes back to genuinely being passionate and genuinely being interested enough that you go in search of the answers. And that's why I've traveled the world studying. And that's why still to this day, you know, I still enjoy, love training with people and helping people improve their body shape. But I know I've got a, a calling for me to help personal trainers in other areas as well, which is why the education supported with me and the team in Nottingham. But obviously the business aspect is something that's growing alongside that because I'm able to take trainers and give them a coaching eye. And this is something that a lot of people don't have. You and me, when we train, there's something about experience which gives you an ability to see something which other people can't see. And that's, that's the coaching eye. And that's, you can only develop a coaching eye if you're genuinely interested in why something's not happening. So if a shoulder's rotating, if, if the chest is not, they're not feeling in their chest, that's, as a coach, your job to search out the reason why. Why is that happening? And most people are just not interested enough to go and find out the how. So something's not working. How do we fix it? And I had an incredible desire. Same thing in business and marketing, like why? And when you provide answers to people, you yourself grow and your business will alongside it. I love that. That's a great answer. It's a great answer. On that side and helping people grow, um, obviously you developed your physique phenomenally from 80 kilos to 105. What would you say are the main mistakes you see a lot of people making when they're trying to develop their physique probably in the earlier years? Um, I would say from my early days, like, was, there, was there a pivoting point for you where you suddenly it all clicked into gear? Do you know what? One of the first things is don't expect to see a body for a while. I expected to see a physique in a year. Now, some people will because they've got incredible genetics, but I expected to see like a bodybuilding physique within a year of bodybuilding. You'll find that you'll have lagging shoulders, lagging back, and it's just because you don't know how to train those muscles. I've always said you don't have a lagging body part. You just don't know how to actually train that body part properly because if you've got any of your body parts are bigger than anywhere else, you do not have a deficiency to build muscle. So if you've got good quads and good back, you are able to build muscle. Fact. You don't have 
genetic predisposition to not add tissue on your chest. It, your other body parts are growing. You just need to learn how to balance out the rest of your body by learning how to train those body parts that you're clearly not stimulating. So there's a couple of things for me on, on this, this question of what do people need to do more of. One, I pushed calories for so long and put too much body fat on. And I needed to realize, and I only realized this later on into my bodybuilding, that you push and then pull back and then push and pull back is a lot easier. Is that when coaching yourself or working with anyone else out of interest? Pardon? Is that when coaching yourself or working with anyone else? No, well, it it was very much, um, as Jordan calls it, let's let's tidy you up. Now, I've done it over the years myself, and I've worked with my clients when they put too much body fat on, but the, I like the way that Jordan uses this. That we'll just go through a tidy-up phase. Yeah, and what I used to do when I was training was just push my calories up to the point where you were chubby and sluggish and feeling rubbish, and then you would bring, you'd have to do like a 12-, 16-week diet to pull things back in line, which is too long. So realistically, you want to do like four or five weeks where you can just tidy things up. And if your body fat's at 12, you can bring it down to 10 again. You know, if your body fat's at 13, you bring it down to 10 again. But if you get to 16, 17% body fat, you know, you're not going to not build muscle. You're just going to make it harder for yourselves to uptake nutrients and run the risk of being able to add more body fat quickly and one of the biggest things here is you're going to have to spend a longer time in a deficit, which is going to minimize your opportunity to grow. And also you risk uh, losing more muscle tissue when you try and have to diet off for longer, do you think? Well, when you try, when you try and pull it off. Yeah, exactly. So that, in terms of the pushing calories to, up too much um, at the risk of, <clears throat> I mean, of course you've got to push. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I've been up to 15% body fat, um, 16% and a real push because I had to put a lot of weight on, but not anything above that. Nowhere near. What were your um, calories like at that point? Oh, crikey. My heaviest was 122 kilos. And at that point, Jordan and I were prepping off-season together. Um, and the carbs were up about 700 grams per day, 7, 758. Um, and it was ridiculous. It was just so much food. Um, Calories-wise, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I'm not going to try and guess. Um, but if you can go on roughly having 250 grams of protein and about 70 to 80 grams of fat, you can kind of guess once you pause the podcast now and work those out that uh, it's quite a hefty amount of food. Yes, it's not a small amount. Um, The other thing I will say here, Charlie, is I did a lot of bodybuilding, a lot of different exercises, training individual muscle groups all the time. Um, And... uh, I would say that my advice to people nowadays is you don't have to do a bodybuilding program to build muscle. A lot of people think as soon as you want to do bodybuilding and build a physique, you have to do seven exercises for chest on chest day, seven exercises for back on back day. But ultimately, what we really want to do is use a bit of the science here and look at a bit of training frequency in the early days. If someone's trying to build a physique in the early days, Trying to hit muscles a little bit more frequently works, but you don't need to train. Don't need to train individual body parts. Nine times out of ten, after you've done two or three exercises for a chest, for example, your ability to lock down and maintain that load over that more sets is very is is, is inhibited. Like you're going to struggle. So when we actually look at programming for people, you know, people think to build a physique, you have to do 
a bodybuilding program. You just have to stimulate muscle through the variables of muscle hypertrophy to build muscle. And so you don't need to write a bodybuilding program with supersets and triceps and back offsets and drop sets to build muscle. You actually just need, if you're relatively inexperienced, straight sets, balanced program, and doing training your body parts twice a week. And most people can't cope with an hour and a half's worth of weights, let alone being able to execute those exercises right. So I would also tell people that you don't need to follow a bodybuilding program in inverted commas to build muscle. You need to stimulate muscle. Do you think people need to have necessarily a set structure and they follow the same exact program every week or go more instinctively in terms of have an overall like template to follow, but like vary it depending on recovery and how they feel on the day? Okay, I, I, I'm not going to lie here. Um, I, I'm very much an instinctive trainer. But I've got, from the age of 15, I've trained. Um, I know what I need to do. I know where my weights are. I'm certainly not pushing my calories enough now to be expecting to get massive improvements in strength. Um, I certainly wouldn't do, if I do chest on a Monday, push on a Monday and a Friday, I certainly wouldn't want to do the same flat dumbbell press again and vary it up. But... Most people throughout their training history need to do a follow-up program to be able to measure their progress, to be able to measure the loads of the lifting because most intermediate people year on year will get stronger and stronger and stronger, year on year, um, until they've reached a ceiling, right? Most people are not very strong. So I think you do need a program. You do need to be told your rep sets, tempos, and loading patterns. You do need to be told when it's going to change. Um, and I don't think that people who are relatively inexperienced and don't know training should follow an instinctive process at all. No, no, I, I agree. I don't think they're at the level where they can consciously no. make the right decision for the right reasons. If that makes sense. I know. I know. Today, for example, you know there was there was two kind of heavy loading pressing exercises. I did two kind of more fly lengthened and short range exercises. I did a heavy press lateral raises. Um, that was that was a push um, for me, like a superset triceps at the end. I know what I'm, my outcome is. I know the volume of the workout and I know what cardio I'm doing at the end. I know. I plan it before I go and, and I know what I'm doing. I, it's instinctive, but um, that's where I'm at. But also I've been doing it a long time. So I wouldn't recommend people do it themselves no, if they're inexperienced. You put mileage on the clock to deserve the right to be able to go instinctively because you understand the own biofeedback from your body. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, you know, if I've not had a great night's sleep, I will reduce the neural, neural loading of the, of the workout. I might do a little bit more metabolic, you know, because um, I know I'm not going to be as strong as I would be. Uh, and, and so, you know, I vary it depending on my, my feedback, my recovery. On that sort of note, issue, I know you have a crazy schedule with a huge amount of work that you get through and are very efficient with what you do. Do you have any tactics or nuggets of information you could take away for anyone to help with their fitness side of things, their business in terms of being more efficient to help them succeed in both aspects of life? Do you know what? It's quite interesting actually because someone's only said to me this week, you know, can we have a chat about um, efficiency? Systems. You know, as you said when we came on here, um, I've got behind me a whiteboard. Um, I'm very disciplined with when I do stuff and I don't let other people control my day. I control my day. So, I don't do any calls before 11, barring when I choose to. Um, I don't look at my phone before 8 a.m. unless it's my wife or my family. 
Um, and I read or write my book first thing in the morning. So it's planned. Uh, and then when I um, go onto my laptop to write my emails, the first thing that I will do, this is a great thing that I got. First thing in the morning, if you reply to people without dealing with stuff that's for you first, you are allowing somebody to dictate your day Favorite. and you're, you're, you're helping somebody build their life before you built your own. And I think I said this to you a while ago, such a, I, I would love to give credit to the person who put it out. And uh, if you post the podcast, I remember I'll tag it with them because I don't want to take the credit for it. But first thing in the morning, if you go straight into solving other people's problems, you're solving their life before you've got your life and your shit in order, which basically means you're not, you're not, you haven't got your shit together. So once I, once I, once I realized the fact that you know, my wife is a priority in the morning, reading and, and empowering my mind is powerful in the morning, um, making sure that I know what I've got to accomplish and I'm in control of the day is first and foremost, and then I will look after you. Um, so that's a big planning thing. The thing with building a physique, I, I find it absolute bollocks that when somebody says they want to build a physique but they don't have time, it just basically means that they're choosing, we all have the same day, they're choosing something else to prioritize. So if you work from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. and you get up early in the morning, you go to the gym. If you, don't, if you say you don't have time there or you prioritize something else such as sleep, when you finish at 6, you don't choose a social life. You choose to train. And you move something else lower down on the priority list because if your physique's that important, it gets done. And you end up cultivating a life around your work, your body, your nutrition, and then everything else fits in at the most appropriate time. And, uh, you know, again, I, I can't remember who it was today. Somebody else was saying, you know, you cannot – allow life to control you, you have to control life. Because the time management aspect is just how you plan your day and whether or not you choose to give other people the right to control your day or whether you control your own. And so it means putting down on a board what your times, your schedules, and when you're going to be there. And also, <clears throat> it's not selfish, it's smart. If you don't want to meet somebody at lunch, then you just say, my brother said to me the other week, he had lunch with somebody, and in his head, he did 12 to 1. And he said to them, I've got 12 to 1. At 1, he said, thanks ever so much. I've got some work to do. And his friend went, what do you mean? And he went, I've got work to do. And his friend left. Now, you might say asshole for that, right? I don't know. I that That's like you, you've, you're compacting your day to get in as much as possible, in my opinion. That's the best way to do well, it. Well, you know what? I don't think my mum would take it very kindly, which is hard when I see her because I don't do this because I love her and my family time is very important. But, you know, I kind of plan out an hour and a half, to two hours to go and have a coffee with her. But if it started to get closer, pushing through, I would say to her, I've got to get on. Um, and, and this, is, again, if you planned in your day to spend time with your family, choose to be with your family, but don't turn up with your family but choose to be in work because then you're not giving yourself to your family. And this means you've got to plan your state of mind, your attitude, you know, your mobile phone. And a person that doesn't plan their day basically has life plan it for them. 
and we have all had the same day. I, funnily enough, like you, Charlie, have got plenty of different things going on in the business, but I don't really see many people. I start work very early in the morning. I'm still on the computer at 10 o'clock at night. I wouldn't change it at all. Um, and it's just how I choose to live my life. And that's why I've always said to people, you know, if you don't want to go all in, then don't have an all in goal, you know? Yeah. Don't want an all in outcome. Then be happy with mediocre. If you don't want to commit to the process of what it takes to be. Right. And do you know what? I, mediocre a way of a way of putting it, but it, it it's, it's less of mediocre. It's be true to yourself. You your goals and your ambitions of what you want from life. But but here's the thing, right? Exactly. You want to change lives worldwide. Yeah, and fast, fast on track to having one of the most successful eight-week training programs and online coaching businesses. And I want to change the lives of personal trainers and leave a legacy. And that doesn't that doesn't come around by nine to five. And so my wife has, you know, she's incredibly supportive, but we also do so much together. And Charlotte works with you and my wife does stuff with me. And you end up cultivating your life so that none of our lives are stressful. Your life and Charlotte, my life and my wife, you know, we're we're a team together. And it's not, I want to run this business and have a legacy. You sit back and watch. You're part of it with me. And I think this is on, on on a point on that note. It's so important to understand that relationships grow together, not grow apart. And you should, as a team, grow together. And this is why my wife and I are on the same page with everything that we do, because it's not about me, it's about we. And uh, that goes to business as well. You know, M10 is not M10 without the team at the gym. You know, without Dan, the director of personal training, without Tracy, the director of the commercial director, um, you know, the... um, uh, Sarah, who does the uh, my the uh, marketing for M10, and all the personal trainers at the gym. You know, it, it's we, and I think that's very very important. And, and going back to the time management thing, you know, you've got a team, you've got your own business. Even if you're on your own, everything has to have a system. Everything has to have a structure. Times during the day, you know, you you need to know what you're doing. And and when you see people that are like that the people that are intimidated by them are the people that aren't doing it because the people that aren't intimidated by it, no. Like you and I say, right, we'll train, but we've got to get done by half two. Done. Yeah, but somebody that, that feels inferior to that, oh, that, I don't like to be under pressure. So, okay, well, you just don't understand this because for me to get my day done, I need to be in, I need to be out. But trust me, I will train like a machine during the hour. You don't need more than an hour. No. Well, I mean, I have an hour and a half to get my head in the game. I like a bit of cardio. But 50 minutes of wait, 60 minutes of wait, I'm done. 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. One, um, we're starting to run up to sort of an hour, Mark, we start to wrap this up. So I just wanted to ask you one final question. So you said, in regards to your looking to leave a legacy in the fitness industry, which you already have done, I think <laughs> you already will, um, what changes do you see coming in the next few years in the fitness industry and the, the business coaching world? And what, what does the future hold for Mr. Mark Coles? Do you know what? Um, One of the things about the fitness industry, and I'm only going to, I choose to bury my head in what matters to me. So I couldn't talk to you about group exercise or anything else to do with like what's happening in the fitness industry. I see a lot more going online, 
Okay, I, I see everything still continue to grow, problems being solved online. Um, I don't think personal trainers are savvy uh, have switched, um, become switched on to the idea that you can start a personal training business with your personality in a gym, but you can't go online without a brand and marketing experience, knowledge. So you can walk in the gym and be friendly and have a great body and you'll fill a diary. You take that and put pictures on social media and don't actually move on to social media without a brand. I think there are going to be a lot of personal trainers over the next two to three years that are going for the laptop lifestyle. Um, and, and, and they're going to be very unfulfilled because they're going to realize it's going to take two to three years to, to learn marketing. It's the reason why I created my Brand Impact Mastery course, which is 12 weeks teaching people how to build a brand, build marketing. It's not just about you know, making money and income revenue streams. It's about learning how to communicate face-to-face -face or online because it's a skill set people don't have. And we're going to find, I think, there's going to be a lot of personal trainers who do six to 12 months trying to grow an online business and they will realize that they shouldn't have left their personal training job. They should have done that alongside building an online platform and then merged the two together. Um, so I think that we're going to notice a trend of a lot of people being quite unfulfilled, having left what they did to pursue something that looks amazing. Um, and just like anything, you know, if you go in a gym, it's not going to take three to four months. It's going to take three to four months to go to PT business. You know, unless you become very savvy at marketing and just become a digital marketer, um, you're going to be very unfulfilled six to 12 months down the line when you've tried to put pictures out and not learn marketing. So I, I think over the next 12, 12 months, 18 months, we're going to see quite a lot of unsettlement in terms of the people that believed it was going to be incredibly easy to build an online business. Um, and uh, there's going to be quite a lot of people that are not, not getting out of it. I don't think the online training business is wrong in the slightest. It's given some incredible opportunities. But there's a lot of people thinking it, there's a fast track to making money. Um, and they're going to be pretty hurt when they realize that it's not as quick to do it as they think. No, it's not, not as all... Well, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. It's a long-term process and it's not quite as straightforward as you think. No, and, and I know you have worked very, very hard to build your business. And I'll tell you what, Charlie, like you've got one thing that a lot of people don't have. You've got your physique, you've got your personality, which is crap, but you know, you do it as well as you can with it. I'm serious as a person. I do. That's just because you're better looking than me. So I, I, I need to pull you down on one thing. Um, but the, the, the thing is with this is, is that, you know, the, the thing in the fitness industry is, is that you've got to have something, Charlie, that somebody wants. You've got to do something. You've got to either inspire people. You know, you've got to have somebody that something wants. They've got to like your personality. There's got to be something unique about you that you can present to the world, which gives people the, that, that makes them choose you over other people. Like you can't deny it. You land on your page and it's full of results. And you think, I don't know anybody else who's putting out results like this. It's a no-brainer to not do Charlie's Transformation Program. They come on my page. Trainers come on my page. Fitness professionals. Mark all day, every day, provides me valuable content, as I'm told all the time and from the podcast, that's making my business better. Why would I not follow him and, and either get engaged in his programs or you know, tell my friends to get involved with him? This has taken us a long time to cultivate. And I think a lot of people are not spending enough time cultivating their brand, their personality, um, their physique, um, their results, their portfolio. You know, in the long game mindset is something that people aren't wanting to condition themselves into. So that, that's going to be, 
you know, something that I'm really committed to helping people do. I want to see trainers win. I want trainers with a full online business, a full personal training business. If they move fully online, I want to help people have a full online business. Um, but one thing, we're going to see some wealthier trainers. We're going to see a lot more trainers making a lot more money than um, we were two, three years ago because the ones that are building their brand right now are going to be doing very well. And I think we're going to find that the industry is going to earn a lot more money as well. No, I hope to agree with that. I think from my perspective, I think a lot of people are necessarily afraid to invest in themselves and their career and also in terms of if they're looking to get in shape in their own physique. And I think one saying that I absolutely love is don't think what will it cost, think what will it cause. Like I've never invested money into myself and it's never not paid off in dividends tenfold. So that's why any money I ever make, I just put everything back into my business or myself to make myself the best I can be. And ultimately, that's then going to be something you're going to have for the rest of your life, your own business, and you being better, basically. Yeah, com completely agree. You know, it, it, that investment is, you know, for me, any time I spend money on anyone is an investment. Um, and uh, if you look at it the other way around, then you've not got the mindset to grow. You've got the mindset of, of, of challenge and what's it cost. Um, what does it cost me not to invest? And I think that's uh, the... the <sighs> Tens of thousands of pounds that I've spent over the years traveling, studying, and having mentors. Um, I've, it's still taken me 17 years to get here, but I probably would still be at LA Fitness if I hadn't had the challenge inside of me to grow and learn and accept that people out there knew more than me and were prepared to help me. That's the thing. You know, when you and I get on a call, I'm not there to, to belittle you on that. I, I want to see you succeed, and I am watching you succeed and thrive and grow faster in the last six to 12 months than you've done for a long time because we've got a soundboard. We talk through things. And I think if we could, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people have access to a lot of business coaches and, uh, you know, just do your, look at people who have been in the industry and had success. When you're getting a physique coach, look who's had success. You know, don't get caught out by the person that's got the best marketing strategy um, because in this day and age you can put marketing in front of people a lot and people will buy but look at what the backstories of the person and the credibility and the results that they've achieved because that will tell you the first and foremost whether you'll get a return on your investment or whether you get your fingers burned and there's going to be a lot of people investing a lot of money and getting their fingers burned. No, that's, that's some real wisdom there I think to finish up on I think Mark so um, I want to say absolutely thank you so much for the, uh, the episode here and I think we've there's so much like wealth of information and experience from you which I think everyone will take a huge amount of information away from this one so how can anyone find out about you M10 get in touch with any help with their own building their own personal training brand online business what's the best point of contact for you Mark well, I mean, at the moment, Charlie, I'm working with um, people with yoga studios. Uh, I've got yoga instructors, fitness uh, fitness studios, personal training gyms, Hitchens, gyms online coaches. And, and to be honest with you, I just want to you know make guys aware that you know the fitness industry, you know, the, the business coaching and business mentoring I do, you know, is available to to anyone in the fitness industry. But to reach out to reach out to me, the first thing would be to follow me on Instagram, and it's uh, at Mark Coles M10. Um, there is M10 underscore Gym, which is the gym in Nottingham where we do a lot of uh, the day to day personal training. I have an incredible team. I've got M10Fitness.co.uk, which is a website, uh, and M10Life.com. 
Um, and everything you can find on there, m10life.com. If you want to do any of my programs, go to the education section. Um, we've got education calendar coming out in November. We've got a seminar, practical weekend coming up 14th and 15th of September. And then in London, we've got a, in November, we've got a weekend on the website, which is how to train the average Joe and how to achieve body transformation seminars. So if anybody's interested in learning from us and what we do, um, that's how you can reach out. And if you've got any questions from the podcast, Charlie and I, you know, we both do the same. If you want to reach out to me on my Instagram, DM me. Um, just ask away. Anything you want to ask me, I reply to every single DM personally. So, uh, no, Charlie, thank you so much for having me on the, uh, on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. And what I'd like to finish up with, guys, I'm running a competition for this show because it's been such a good episode. I'm going to be giving away a free custom diet and training program to one person who tags us in the story of both myself and Mark uh, with a screenshot of the podcast, giving it a share. So get sharing the podcast. I'll choose a winner the week after it's been released. Uh, best, luck all, best of luck to all of you. And a big thank you to you, Mark, for um, all the wealth and wisdom today. Thank you, Charlie. Thank, thank you very much. Cheers. Bye.